visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International. Later on this hour, we'll be taking you over to Hashtag Taiwan, Highlights, and In the Spotlight. But we start off today's program, as always, with a new edition of Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're joining us on our Facebook live stream, today is Wednesday, December 2nd. Otherwise, it is Thursday, December 3rd. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today is Natalie Tsao. Hello. Coming up next, we're going to be telling you about Taipei 101's plans to open up its exclusive top floor to visitors for the first time. Then uh, we'll be telling you about a new passport design and a new design on the, the country's uh, flag carrier airline. Then Taiwan's Surprising lengths one Kaohsiung man went to to win a prize in Taiwan's receipt lottery. All that coming up next. Please stick around. So Taipei 101, Taipei's landmark skyscraper that dominates our skyline here, is, as the name suggests, uh, a 101-story skyscraper. At least above ground it is. And, yes. But, you know, if you've ever been up there, uh, you may know that you can only make it to the 89th floor. That's where the observatory for ordinary people is. Right. It's already pretty high. Yeah, 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 higher it's than I high, care for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> however... Um, and this seems like it's already started, actually. They announced this, I think it began yesterday, maybe, um, or December 1st. Um, they open up the 101st floor where there is a smaller observatory. I think the tower kind of narrows out there. It I looks think a lot so. smaller right. from the video that I saw. And um, if you're a Taiwanese citizen, which I'm not, but that's okay. I, I think I'll pass on this. Um, <laughs> you can get in for free, actually. You'll have to... Really? Um, for free? Yeah, they're not charging admission. They will start to next year. Oh, wow. Next year, it will I think be, I might go then. Next year, starting next year, it will be roughly 46 or $47 per person. Um, yeah. U.S. dollars? Yes. Yeah, usually exp it's expensive to go to the 89th floor, too. Yeah, but this is an additional fee on top of that, uh, I think. Oh, so you have to pay to go to the 89th I think, floor, and then you... I think that's what the idea it seems to be this. here. Um, mm. And, um, but for now, for the month of December, uh, Taiwanese citizens can go in for free. Visitor numbers are limited to 200 per hour, however. But if there is a line, Taiwanese people will line up for it. So I imagine they won't have any trouble filling up that quota at all. Um, this is an indoor space. And it says here that it was previously only open to heads of state, I mean, like presidents, and VVIPs, which I thought was a typo at first, but then I realized it very, stands for very, very, very important people. <laughs> and actually, there were some figures about how much you had to spend to be allowed up there, and it was oh. an astronomical figure. Wow. Um, I, I mean, it looks cool. I don't think the lounge itself is as fancy as I imagined it. I saw some photos. Um, I think they like let some people up for like a little trial. And is it pretty just basic? Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it doesn't seem like the sort of place where you'd be like, have heads of state. I imagine gold plating or something. It's very, <laughs> it's much simpler than that. 
Um, and we should stress that this is just for the indoor space. Yes, that's right. There is an outdoor space, which is dizzying, I imagine. I know. You have to wear like safety belts and everything, harnesses. Like you would do if you were mountain climbing. Right. Um, it gets windy up there, you know? Yeah. And it says it's, it's um, only going to, they're only going to open three slots. And it doesn't say how many people for three times in the afternoon Weather permitting, and of course, if they have the staff that they need uh, free at the time for the outdoors, right? This is this will cost money nine hundred dollars. So uh, it's pricey. Um, so would you guys want to go up if you could? I you mean, don't want to go up. No, you don't like heights. I don't even like the regular observatory. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, no matter how exclusive you may feel, I mean, it has its own elevator and everything. But um, yeah, I think it'd be cool to see the. The view from up there, right? Well, the other the problem, though, and especially this time of year recently, is that it's been very cloudy and overcast. So it's, I doubt you could see very much. That's true. You mm. don't see much when it's cloudy. Um, it, it, they, they will give you a guided tour, but I imagine that with the winds up there, they'd have to shout pretty loudly as well or have some kind of loudspeaker to be heard clearly. Uh, yeah, not for me. But uh, uh, it is, if you're here... And it doesn't say if you're not a citizen, if you have to pay or if so, how much. But um, anyway, it's something you can consider doing. They're also advertising their upcoming New Year party that's going to be taking place. Not, I don't think, in the lounge. Probably down lower. Well, well they, maybe in the lounge. It doesn't say where, which happening? floor. Um, they're going to have, uh, they're going to open this space for, it doesn't say how many people, so that you can watch the New Year's fireworks up close. You're watching it from inside the building, From inside right? the building. They that launched must, the fireworks in the building. That must be a different view. Up there. Um, they'll, be, they'll have games, a DJ, and it's going to be from 10 p.m. to uh, 1 a.m. So there's an admission price for that as well, but not ex- not terribly expensive. About well, maybe a little over $30 U.S. Uh, That's not too bad. Um, again, a bit too high for my taste, but like something, <laughs> something to consider. Something to consider. It looks like we have some comments coming in. Okay, we just wanted to say hello to Rashid Nas, who's written us a few comments. Hello, Rashid. What New Year party is in Taiwan during COVID-19? That's right. Actually, I think we're one of the few countries that actually can have parties. We right? don't have any COVID. So we don't have, we haven't had a domestic transmission of COVID-19 for over 200 days. For months and months and months. Yes. So, so things are, you got to wear a mask most places. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. Other than that, no restrictions. So, yeah, probably at a party like that, you would have to wear a mask. Oh, yeah, they, they yeah, I think so. Would. You definitely would. I, actually, I go to 101 every Sunday for church, and you have to wear a mask. Yeah, that's the, so that's, they, the new rules. They, yeah, they enforce it. But, um, mm. yeah, so hi, and also Andrea is listening, and Sri Mazara, Mazraya is listening, or watching. So, hello <laughs> to you. <laughs> All right, thank you, guys. Um, so, as we mentioned, uh, Taiwan is making sure that Taiwan is more visible. And they're the way, I mean, we're kept out of a lot of international organizations, all that. But uh, there are some things we can do to make it more clear that a, a person or an airline, in this case, is from Taiwan. That's right. Well, actually, we're doing two things um, about the same time. One is our passport. Let me just give you a quick look at the before passport and the after passport. So this passport on the right is going to be available in January. So as you can see, the word Taiwan is really big. You can hardly read the word Republic of China, which is Taiwan's the official, official name. name. <laughs> Have you seen this, John? Yeah, I, I did see it. I think we may have discussed it on this program previously. They, they, oh, okay. had, they had been planning to um, do this yeah. for a while. Right. So it just came out that um, starting January, I, I think the second week. So we have a date. Right. We have a date that they're going to launch these new passports. And um, 
if you know if you're a Taiwan citizen, you can apply. See, the one before Republic of China and Taiwan were at both the same size, and people got mm. confused with China. Well, not our people, people at customs and immigration yeah, and things like that. That's uh, true, and that is the same thing with our airlines. So, see, here is our national carrier. It's called China Airlines. So. Many people is, would think it's from China, right. right? Well, it makes sense. Right. So um, so what they're planning to do, they're not planning to change the name. I mean, that was suggested, but that would cost so much money that they think it's not worth it. So they're planning to make the uh, name of the airline smaller on the plane and then put other Taiwan-related images um, well, we don't you know, know which images them yet. On, yeah, so maybe like bubble tea or no. Yeah, bubble kidding. tea. <laughs> what do you think should be on there, John? Um, if they're gonna go like, like fancy Taiwan images, like there was an Australian airline. I can't. It wasn't Qantas. It was some other one that had a really pretty like kangaroo type thing oh, that was done in like so dots. Maybe our national like bird Aboriginal art or Formosan bear. Yeah, that, those always look really nice. Yeah, we have a lot of. What else do you think? What do you think of Taiwan? Um, um we have our flower on it, right? It's a, it's a plum blossom. Isn't yeah, plum it? blossom. Well, I think we should do orchids. We're famous for oh, orchids. Oh, we should. We that. should do orchids. Uh, Formosan. Magpies. Oh, yeah. Well, if right. they fly. <laughs> they fly. That's true. <laughs> what um, else can we do? Stinky tofu? No. <laughs> probably not something you'd want on a plane. Beef noodles? Not food, right? What do you guys yeah. should think should be on our plane? We sh I think they should have a contest because it doesn't sound like they finalized that, have they? Yeah. So, oh, actually, so one of our top fans, Yu Shun Shu, says, as, I wonder if they changed the inner page where the nationality is written as China, which is still confusing. Really? I didn't know that. I didn't even notice that. I have, I one, of you have one of these passports. Yeah, yeah, I don't look that carefully at my passport. Oh. <laughs> and then um, he also said, as when we are checking in, people check the inner page instead of the cover. Oh, so that is, th I don't know. We'll have to take a look, right? I'm not sure. But, I don't um, have one of these passports, so yeah, I couldn't tell you. So, yeah, I think, so actually they've, they've made the name a lot smaller. Mm. Do you see? Yeah, but you can still read you it. You can still I've read always, it. I've, I don't know. And why don't they just put Taiwan on there? The words Taiwan or <laughs> like Taiwan, the heart of Asia, you know, our slogan. Is that still our slogan? They change it every so I often. I don't know. I don't know, actually. Um, but, uh, I, I remember know. that. Or time for Taiwan. That's time a for good Taiwan. One. Hey, that's a good one. They should. Yeah. It has, a, it has to do with like flying too, right? Time know. to go. Time to <laughs> travel to Taiwan. <laughs> So in Taiwan, there's this thing where after every transaction, like in every country, I suppose, you get a receipt. However, Taiwanese people don't immediately throw them away. Um, we tend to keep them carefully and not for financial records either. Uh, you see, every two months, uh, they announce a receipt number or a series of receipt numbers. And whoever happens to be the lucky person who got that receipt, if they still have it, can win a cash prize. Do you collect receipts? I do. I've only ever won once, and it was nothing. It was like two hundred dollars. <laughs> That's the yeah. minimum. I've won that a few, quite a few times. <laughs> I, I just keep trying in the vain hope that someday. But anyway, um, one Gaoxiong man recently won the third prize, which is around uh, sorry, 350 US dollars. That's 10,000 NT dollars. Not bad. It's not, no, it's third prize, like I said. Um, but he did a very interesting thing to increase his chances of winning it. And a lot of people are upset about it. And a lot of other people are confused and think it was probably far too much trouble for the amount of money he got out of it. <laughs> um, do you, do you want to guess what he did? Actually, I think he, he bought a lot of things. 
A lot of things, yes, but a lot of the same thing. Over and over and over, one at a time. Oh. Each time you get one receipt, right? Right. So he bought so all his items amass... separately. And he... it was it was the same thing, though. Uh, okay. it so wasn't what did he, he buy? Bought... He bought plastic bags. Four, oh. 4,600 plastic bags. And how much are they... Um, um, one him? NT each. So he spent. He got ten thousand, but he spent close to five thousand. So he about half of the prize he spent just buying the stuff. Just to win a prize. Just to just increase, increase his, his chance. chances of winning the prize. And man, I feel sorry for the you know sales lady. Well, no, he he went to different stores to do it. So he was a lot of, put a lot of legwork into it. How many hours did he? Use I don't know. This? That's thousands of trips to different and he stores. And only won. One bag. Two hundred fifty U.S. dollars. Yeah. Well, and half much. of that he spent on the bags though. <laughs> so he won half of that. And we haven't considered taxes. Oh, I, I really doubt it's worth <laughs> his time. He'll be making uh, like $10 an hour or something, right? Um, so that's a lot of work. That's too much work. Uh, and, and he... <laughs> I'm sure people are getting impatient with him too. Like, why are you buying so many bags separately, separate receipts? Well, I think, he, like I said, he, he went to a bunch of different stores to do it. It wasn't all at once. So I don't know if anyone noticed he was doing it. The reason people know is because he bragged about it online. <laughs> he bragged about it. Yeah. Well, like his plan worked. Yeah. I wonder if he'd ever done this before. I'm sure that, I mean, I know there are people who probably do. And um, don't win anything. I think it's too much trouble. But, oh, it's um, way too much trouble. Um, and I don't need that many. Pl I mean, what are you going to do with 4,600 plastic bags? Not trash bags, because those are designated by the local government. Are useful, too. Yeah. And they don't cost one NT per piece. There's a charge for that that goes, I guess, towards paying the I trash people. I think it's people. like five NT or something. Yeah. So. so you're going to be spending a lot. No, these are just ordinary plastic bags. I don't know what you would possibly do. With that many plastic bags. Um, so people, some people were kind of angry about it because they felt that he was hoarding receipts, like reducing other people's chances of winning fairly. <laughs> and other people just thought, I mean, I guess if you put that much effort into it, if Why you think it's Why doesn't he do something else with, with his time, time to make like, more money than that? I mean, if you were, uh, I bet he can like, if he were to perform on the street, he might make more money. <laughs> so yeah, actually he only after taxes, because you have to remember taxes deducted, a significant amount of tax, it turns out. He really only made maybe, I don't know, I want to say like 40, 60 US, it wasn't a lot. Oh. After the paying for all the bags and then the tax and, all and the, then all the left tired with. looks uh, yeah <laughs> the ministry of finance says that it's not actually there's nothing there's no rule against it um they but, did say however that um they while they don't think it's necessary to amend the rules um it will ask the gaoshong Na national tax administration to investigate the incident which i don't get why because they said it's not against the rules so what do you what's there to investigate so maybe they're trying to tell him not to do it again <laughs> giving him pressure i don't know um i don't know maybe next i mean he could have at least bought something useful like tea eggs those are only a few nt a piece well 10 nt you, you gotta eat, eat four thousand tea eggs 400 tea eggs that's a lot if you need protein i mean <laughs> <laughs> i don't know uh but that's uh what one person from gaoshong did he's got to win the lottery. <laughs> that's yeah. what i would say third prize what's what's the, what's the top prize I wonder, oh, something it, like a million or something. It's really high. That probably would have been worth it. Uh, that would be worth it. Um, that would be worth it. But, <laughs> oh well. All right, well, recently a Taiwan man's bid to buy a PlayStation 5 without his wife realizing what he was using the money for 
went awry. What happened? Um, <laughs> his wife found out, his obviously. His wife found out that it was not an air purifier and uh, made him sell it. And the story came to light after someone found this uh, used PlayStation 5 for sale online. Uh, he bought it from this guy and, and was wondering, hey, why is this so cheap? Um, and the woman who answered the phone didn't seem like she knew anything about gaming. And so he thought that... Uh, Maybe she was confused, but thought, hey, it's a, a deal's a deal. So she put it on sale. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, and she sold it for something really cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Not aware of... <laughs> so when he went to pick it up, though, a man was there instead. And he feel, realized that this was this seemed to be an, uh, someone who knew game systems. This seemed to be a gamer. Oh, he started it's... chatting with the man. And the man, he, he thought, you know... Take you selling it for so cheap. You must have bought it for cheap too. You must know how to find a good bargain. And mm-hmm. and did you buy two? Otherwise, why are you selling it? And the man had a very sour look on his face and <laughs> said, "My wife wants to sell it." <laughs> so they did discuss the price. Um, or did she? Just I think like she say, decided um, the price. Oh my god! And the seller said also, it turns out that women can tell the difference between a PS5 and an air filter, which I think is awfully sexist. But. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. Um, and so now people are trying, I've been posting pictures online, uh, comparing, trying to make uh, gaming systems look as close to air purifiers as possible. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you know, your wife is going to find out or your I mean, husband's going to find out. I mean, when she's around. Right. Whoever is living with you is going to find out, right? I mean. I don't think you should attempt to hide things she from. tried to use it, right? Especially if you're married. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she thought it was a waste of money, and so, but I would have, I would have uh, tried to ask something for, you know, barely used. You want something close to the price itself, right? For, don't you? I mm. guess she was so upset she just wanted to get rid of it. <laughs> do you have any listener feedback? Um, so let's see. We do. Uh, Rasha Nice says, "What prize winning um, details are there?" I think they just they announce it um, every two months. And the the receipts are dated, so there's January, February receipts, then there were March and April receipts, and they're printed with the months. And then at the end of that period, the government will just announce the winning numbers, and you check yours. There are even apps that will do it for you now. They're apps. Yeah, yeah, you can that save is them. That's so cool. Because otherwise, oh I would gosh. never. They, oh. They're everywhere. They're like. Oh, I gotta try that. I have like receipt mountains. Me too. I don't like that. So you just, you just, they have a barcode. You just scan them with your phone. Oh, that's cool. And, it, and if you have a winning number, I'm not sure if the apps tell you or not, but it makes it easier to remember what because they have the serial numbers are so long. So. Oh, that's, that's great. That's it. And then you go to like a post office, I think, to reclaim, redeem your prize. So Jen Delari says, to be fair, if he's passing a PS5 as an air purifier to keep the purchase secret from her, she's totally in the right to sell it for cheap. <laughs> I don't know, but that's that's their money. You well, know? yeah, they might as well make as make much as they back. can. I don't know how you thought you were going to. So, they, make, they make quite a lot of noise, and then they're on. There's a TV. And I don't then, know how he thought he could get away with it. And if she tries to turn it on, yeah. And why did he? Why didn't he discuss it with her? I don't know. I don't. I don't see what the problem with buying one is, but um, just tell the truth. Yeah. Oops. Well, this is an initiative that I think is going to save some lives here. The Institute of Transportation, which is part of the uh, Transportation Ministry here, has got a program. They're going to use drone images and artificial intelligence to identify traffic accident hotspots and potentially before too many accidents happen there. 
too. Because a lot of times when they, the way they figure out where accident hotspots are is that a lot of accidents have happened in that area. Now, with this program, they can probably prevent accidents from happening ahead of time by figuring out, you know. You mean real time? Like there's a lot of cars and there's some bad road conditions? Or um, is it just in general, like these are the areas that are so, people should be careful about? Um, they're going to look at places where accidents have happened in the past. Um, for Specifically, they're going to focus on I intersections because almost 60% of the intersections that happened in Taiwan from January to September this year were at an inter intersection. And they've got drones that can track the path and speed of vehicles. They say, don't worry, um, it'll only show the top of the vehicle. No license plates, no violation of privacy. They're not tracking you. Uh, and also, they can look at bikes and pedestrians at intersections and identify where it is that they're most likely to collide. And then they tag the hotspots with different colors based on how severe the crash is. Crash might be. Um, then the, using the software, people in local governments can figure out where accidents are most likely to occur and make changes to the road before accidents ha actually happen there. So have you ever gotten in an accident before? I have. Not in Taiwan. Uh, and what kind of accident? It was somebody on their phone who crashed into me. What? What was this? Uh, you mean a dr car accident? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so they're on their phone and they crash into you? Yeah, yeah. From behind? Um, as I was turning, but they oh. it was in a blind spot. So was, was it making, bad? I mean, we survived. <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that was the only, the only time. Um, and that is a place where they should adopt this in the States because that is an accident hotspot, that particular That's intersection. That's true. I, my very first accident <laughs> when I was 16, okay, mm -hmm. I started driving. And it was in a place where a lot of accidents occur. Mm -hmm. It was on a downslope on a winding road, and it was on a rainy day. Oh. So the first day of rain in a long time in Los Angeles where, you know, it hardly ever rains. Oh, yeah, my so sister lived there. She slippery. said they can't drive in the rain. <laughs> right. And so I didn't slow down, which was not good at all. And so what I did was I it, my I just lost control of my wheel and it's it's you know swirled around one 360 degrees and then I went on to the yard of a school and then this guy's watching is like this has happened many times before really <laughs> just watching the exact me. same thing yes wow so they should do something about that area I mean I you know, know areas like that where things happen more than once or often I have to say the road outside our station is a very bad spot for accidents. I have seen in the past few months at least five. Really? Yes. You mean right outside our station? Bayan Road. Really? Where we I are. I mean, like right, right next to our station or the area? Directly, just like around, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. And um, I wonder why that is. Uh, last month there was one that usually involved scooters. Oh. But last month I saw one that had a car that involved two, like actually three cars. Huh. So. I think they need to implement that. We're not near an intersection or anything, That's but true. people here are, I think, a bit reckless. Well, I think because, you know, we are kind of um, in a, we're next to a, a river, right? With a yeah. big wall. So, and then you kind of feel like there's not a lot of cars around. It's not like a major thoroughway. So you just feel hmm. like you, you don't have to be that careful. I feel like, though, this the road was meant to accommodate a much smaller volume than actually passes through here. Mm -hmm. you, just because of how it floods up during rush hours, you know, especially in the evening. So, yeah, uh, this drone uh, program really hopefully can save some lives. Um, and I'm not sure how that they were going to use I, I, artificial intelligence to, ha to, to tell how severe an accident might be, how they can predict that, but um, if it were to happen there. But they say they can do it. So uh, let's hope uh, this produces some good results. 
All right, that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. Thanks to all of you who joined us today. I'm John Van Trieste. And I am Natalie So. And if you're joining us on the radio, don't go anywhere just yet, because coming up next, it's Hashtag Taiwan Highlights and In the Spotlight. Hello and welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you so much for joining me. Now, this past week was American Thanksgiving, a holiday that Taiwan in general does not observe. However, that didn't stop me from trying to find a connection between Taiwan and the holiday. So I went online and tried to see if I could find people in Taiwan celebrating it in a specific way, or if there was something traditional to American Thanksgiving that Taiwan did particularly well. Interestingly, I found out that Taiwan does one of the most integral parts of American Thanksgiving very, very well, and that is the turkey. Traditionally in America, turkey is the centerpiece of Thanksgiving dinner. But did you know Taiwan actually raises its own turkeys? And apparently, the turkeys that Taiwan raises are twice as big as the one found in America. Other tidbits of information you'll find is that Taiwan has about 80 turkey farms, 60 of which produce exclusively for the signature turkey dish in Taiwan, which is turkey rice. That's all very well and fascinating, and that's coming up in hashtag Taiwan, but I would be remiss to say if I didn't learn something, or actually I learned a lot while researching this episode. So without further ado, here is this week's Thanksgiving edition of hashtag Taiwan. I hope you enjoy. Let's talk turkey. Because even though Taiwan doesn't observe Turkey Day, I thought I'd dig around online to see if I couldn't find any hints of Thanksgiving in Taiwan's net sphere. Surprisingly, I found out that Taiwan does turkey. In fact, it turkeys very well. Have a look at this picture. That's a screen grab of the Republic of China's Taiwan's Turkey Association website. Yeah. We have a turkey association. In fact, according to the National Animal Industry Foundation, Taiwan has 80 turkey farms, which produce a quarter of a million turkeys every year. 60 of those farms raise turkeys specifically for turkey rice vendors. Turkey rice is a dish that Jiayi in the south is famous for. 
Jiayi is so proud of turkey rice that in 2014, Jiayi City attempted and successfully created the largest bowl of turkey rice in the world. I'm not kidding. It's in the Guinness Book of World Records. There was an adjudicator and everything. If you're curious about turkey rice's nutritional info, have a look at this picture. The Facebook page, How Much Protein, gives detailed nutritional info for turkey rice. 12 to 16 grams of protein ain't bad at all. But perhaps the most turkey-rific story in Taiwan involves something this woman created. 22-year-old Chen Ruoxin from the southern city of Kaohsiung. She may be young, but she is one talented spray paint artist. In August, a turkey rice restaurant in Jiayi asked her to spray paint a mural on three rolling doors. She documented the entire process on social media and spent five days completing the mural. In response to Chen's mural, Tsai Jinglun says, How do you expect me to go to Jiayi and eat turkey rice when faced with such cute turkeys? To which Chen responded, Eat it with your eyes closed. That's not bad advice. I'll leave links to Chen's social media and her original video in the show notes below. Give her a like, give her a follow, because that girl has some serious talent. I went into this episode of Hashtag Taiwan thinking I'd just type Hashtag Turkey into the search bar of social media websites. I thought I'd find mostly restaurants trying to sell me roast turkeys, and I did. But to think that I'd spend my time unraveling Taiwan's deep connection with turkeys is a rabbit hole I didn't think I'd fall into. Or maybe in this case I'd just say turkey hole. Well, that's about it for the actual hashtag portion for this week, but all this talk about turkey rice must be getting you hungry or curious. And the good thing is that we did a bit of a taste test in this week's episode of Taiwan Insider. I'm going to give you a bit of a preview of that segment to end out today's show, but for the entire clip, make sure you head up the Taiwan Insider Facebook page at facebook.com slash Taiwan Insider or our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash RTI English. Anyway, as as always, stay safe, stay happy, and stay healthy, and enjoy this clip of us eating turkey rice. And actually, we do have turkey in the studio that we're going to sample. This is Taiwanese-style turkey rice, and I just want to show you what's in my bowl here. I have here uh, some shredded turkey with some uh, scallions on top of it, and also a uh, crunchy pickle here to cut the flavor. I have a hard boiled egg uh, and then also some bamboo. So go ahead and dig in. This is making me hungry. Here we go. This smells good. good. Smells really good. Mmm. I do smell the turkey. Mmm. This is great. You know what it is? That is, when you think of turkey, sometimes you think of like dry white <laughs> yes. meat, right? But like there, there's nothing dry about that. That, that is juicy, tasty. Juicy. And So this week in America, my family is going to be celebrating Thanksgiving separately and safely. Oh, that's good. Yeah, how about my your family? My family too. Yeah? Virtual celebration over the phone, FaceTime. Yes, <laughs> great way to do it. You know, we don't really celebrate Thanksgiving here in Taiwan like we do in Canada and America, but we still have so much to be thankful for. That's right. And a famous director told the media this week what he was thankful for. Taiwanese-American director Ang Lee was in town for the Golden Horse Awards, Taiwan's Oscars, and he told everyone what he was thankful for. All the stars were out in force for the Golden Horse Awards this past Saturday in Taipei, and they went without masks, at least on the red carpet. With the pandemic largely at bay, Taiwan is one of the few places in the world that large-scale events like this are possible. 
For two-time Oscar winner for Best Director, Ang Lee, who is also the chairman of the awards, this year was one of the most moving ceremonies in 30 years. I'll have a deep and lasting memory of this year's awards, he says. It was an extraordinary experience. He thanks all the staff for the Golden Horse Awards for putting on the event under such extraordinary circumstances. It's been a long time since I've been around so many people in person. I live in America, so I'm a bit of a foreigner. The whole atmosphere was wonderful, including the winners. I was very moved. One of the most memorable parts of the evening was veteran actress Chen Shufang walking away with both the Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress awards. It was the 81-year-old actress's first time walking the red carpet in her six-decade-long career. Chen starred opposite Best Actor winner Mo Ziyi in Dear Tenant, the story of a gay man who struggles to take care of his deceased partner's son. But the big winner of the night was My Missing Valentine, which picked up five awards, including Best Film, Best Director, and Best Original Screenplay. It's a romantic comedy, perhaps a nod to what audiences are looking for now more than ever. Visit RTI at english.rti.org.tw. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. And uh, in the studio with me today is Melody Xu, who is the co-founder and CEO of Via Sweat, which is a women's uh, activewear brand in Taiwan. So let us meet Melody. Hi, Melody. Hi, Shirley. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm good. Have you had uh, an exercise session this morning before you come here? <laughs> I wanted to squeeze one in, and then, but I just, no, not enough time. But. Yeah, okay, because I'm sure that you're very active. You said you've always been a very active person. You, you're into sports, you know, into boxing and yoga and everything. So I know how it is. You know, once you get into a habit of exercising, you have to exercise every day. Because exactly. if, if you don't, you just somehow, something's not feeling right, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's why you got into activewear. Actually, you might have to start from the beginning because apparently, um, <laughs> okay, you went to Babson College mm -hmm. in uh, Massachusetts. Right. And, uh, which is actually in the same town that I went to college, Wellesley College. And, um, and you studied uh, business management. Right. So you came away from college, four years of college. You knew that you wanted to, I mean, you're, you're like into this entrepreneurship um mentality yeah <laughs> so you had to start business start some kind of business so yeah what was the very first thing you thought about um yeah I mean I I feel like college really um 
affected me a lot because that whole energy, that whole environment of everyone wanting to do something of their own. And so when I came back here, um, as you mentioned, uh, I graduated with a degree in business management, but my concentration was in marketing. So when I first came back, I knew I wanted to do something in advertising. My dream job actually was to work for an advertising agency. And that was my first job out of college. And I was so proud of myself. I thought that was like my dream. I was like mad men, you know, <laughs> like that whole thing. Um, and then, but at the end of the day, I still wanted to create something on my own. So I went through a couple idea ideas with my, with my um, boyfriend at the time, now husband. Mm-hmm. And um, at first I wanted to do like cupcakes. Cups, cupcakes were all the rage back then. And I was like, I can open up a cupcake shop as well. You mean and then, in the States or in Taiwan? In Taiwan. Okay. We were back in Taiwan at that time. Okay. And then um, I wanted to open up a cupcake shop. And then my husband was like... You don't even bake like you're not <laughs> that I don't think that's going to work out. <laughs> and, then, um, and then I wanted to do I, I guess I always wanted to do something in wellness. So I thought about doing kind of like healthy um, takeaway boxes, mm. like lunch boxes. There's so many of that now. There's so many of that now. Yeah. Um, but I mean, five or six years ago, there weren't when, that many people right. doing it, that whole delivery system. So we thought about that for a while. But then there was just too many logistics and like too many things that were just out of our control. Um, And so eventually I decided to put together my passion for working out and being active. And then as well as my background in marketing and advertising kind of branding, and then put that together with Taiwan's kind of um, history of um, textiles and especially functional fabrics. So these kind of things put together was how we started via sweat is, and that was also just kind of, I wanted to try something out. I wanted to see if I had what it takes to start up my own company. Mm, okay. How did you come up with the name Via Sweat? <laughs> I mean, really, that's how it sounds. Okay, it's V-I-A and then Sweat, S-W-E-A-T, yes. all one word. So Via Sweat is two words to put together. So sweat is obviously, you know, sweating through, working out. And then Via kind of means um, through. So um, I kind of hope that, people who wear our active wear and um, who put in the work sweat through sweat, they're able to accomplish what they want to do. And um, in the very beginning, our slogan was kind of amazing happens via sweat. Okay. So you do accomplish amazing things or you become kind of the best version of yourself. And all of this was through hard work, through perseverance, through sweat, but also through our active wear. That's interesting. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward, you know, the name. And it's good for you. Sweating is good for you. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, this business that you have now is just as tough as if you had actually done cupcakes or <laughs> even lunch boxes. Because, I mean, either, I mean, any kind of business, there's so much to it. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, um, you know, the designing of the activewear and then finding the right, you know, company for the right fabric. I mean, this is a lot of work, too. Right. And um, I mean, I didn't my background isn't in fashion. It's not in design. My family doesn't do textiles. So we just kind of picked kind of a random industry to go into. (laughs) Like Um, how you picked cupcakes. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the way I am. (laughs) Um, And then so um, when we first started, um, I, I literally just Googled like functional fabrics, Taipei. 
And then a bunch of suppliers came up. I looked at their websites and I started cold emailing them, just cold calling them. And then some of them never replied. Some of them set up meetings. And then once they found out that I was kind of startup, I didn't have a background. I didn't have tech packs. I didn't have sketches. I didn't have anything. <laughs> and then so some of them gave me like really ridiculous like MOQ like volumes just to kind of scare me away and just be like come oh, back when you're ready. Yeah. But then there was one supplier over in um, Taoyuan and he I guess he had a very similar vision or dream as I did. And he kind of believed in our vision and because it was his um, his family's company. And oh. I guess he wanted to kind of create a brand as well. But he lacked the maybe marketing or market know-how. Uh-huh. And while he had the technical expertise, I guess we kind of like took a chance on each other and he believed in my vision and I trusted him with his technical expertise. And so we worked together and we still work together to this day. Yeah, wow. we, had, we had a lot of suppliers come and go, but he's always been very solid and very, very, very helpful in, in what we wanted to do. So he's like the second generation in this family or something? Right, right. Yeah. And so he and then he's me. just as young as you are kind of. Yeah. And so yeah. You know, it, it helps to kind of like having the same kind of mindset. Exactly. You know? And yeah. that can only happen if you're in the same generation or around the same generation. Right, right, right. Yeah. So he taught me a lot of what I, he was so patient. He t- held my hand through a lot of, you know, the technical aspects, how to pick fabrics, what to look out for. Um, I mean, we went through a lot of um, there was a lot of a, a learning curve for me. And there was a lot of lessons learned that um, he, he helped me through. Did he also study abroad? <clears throat> Like, did um, he? No, I don't no. think so. No, oh, okay. I think he's mostly in Taiwan. So, I mean, that really was the first step to take. I mean, like, go look for uh, a textile supplier. That really is the first step to take for what you're doing. That was the first step I took. That's Let supposed to be. I, it, um, I, I don't know. I'm just for curious. Me, I mean, the textbooks will tell you to maybe have a business plan first before <laughs> yeah. you dive head first. But the first thing I did was um, figure out a name. Um, lock down the Instagram and the Facebook and the Gmail address. And then I printed out business cards. And then I went to the um, textile show, the exhibition. Oh, right. Um, we, do, we do have a lot of those right. in Taiwan. Yeah. yeah. And, then, um, and then I started cold calling them. Yeah. So that I, I guess I just kind of wanted to, I, I believe that if you're going to start something just to kind of, I'm sorry, I, I believe that if you're just going to start something to kind of, just dive head in first because no matter what you're gonna um you're gonna face challenge you're gonna run into obstacles and i think a lot of starting up and having your own company is just problem solving and you're not going to get that from a business plan of course it's important to kind of think through everything Mm. but um you're not going to know the challenges or the obstacles that you're going to face until you really just get into it you're listening to in the spotlight with Shirley Lin. So you're generally an optimistic person, right? I would say so. I've come to realize that lately. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> lately. <laughs> I, I, it was. Some, I, I never thought of myself that way. But I guess. Um, and I, I just watched a documentary on Bill Gates, and I, I, I saw that a lot of people think that he's also an optimist. Optimist, mm. and I guess that's kind of. Of course, I'm not saying I am him, but I, I think it's important to have a degree of optimism. Of course, it's really important to also be realistic. Mm-hmm. I think that was something I had to learn along the way. I am optimistic, but sometimes I'm also an idealist, which is not good because then you kind of have your blinders on and you think like everything will be okay when 
there could be a fire right behind you. So it's important to be an optimist, but also a realistic and a realist at the same time. Mm, yeah, that can be hard. <laughs> it is hard. It's something I'm learning every day. <laughs> okay, so you know, in some ways, I'm glad you didn't go into cupcakes. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's so different from what you're doing. It's so opposite what you're doing right now. And actually, I'm I don't have a sweet tooth. You know, I'm not really. I'm more into. Savory kind of snacks. Same. Yeah, salty. I'm not even that into desserts either. So I'm glad my husband stopped me. Yeah. Okay, so I'm still curious. Like you met your husband, and then you said, "Hey, let's start a business together." He was letting you do all the thinking, right? So you said, "Let's do cupcakes," and the next thing I said, "Let's do lunch boxes." And then mm. I'm curious about the process. I mean, okay. was he there to say like? Uh, no, Melody, that's not a good idea. Or, well, yeah, okay, let's start with this. I mean, how did you guys? Right. How did you guys work together? Okay. Okay. Um, it's really interesting, actually, because he also, I guess, he also wanted to have something of his own. Let's start by saying we, we're quite opposite in in how we think and how we approach things. That, that um, that's how you complement each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're quite complementary in that way. So at our company, I'm more in charge of front end kind of stuff, like marketing and branding and creative and kind of like visionary kind of kind of person. While he's his strength is in numbers and operations and admin and all that boring stuff <laughs> but more back-end really important stuff yeah um and then so yeah I'm, I'm always the one that comes up with a lot of different ideas i'm always like let's do this let's try this and he's always kind of like yeah i guess we can try it like you can you can start first and like we'll see what happens so at that time i wanted to do activewear and he didn't really give me i, I guess he didn't know how far we were going to take it anyway so i was just like okay i'm just gonna try it out i'm gonna go to this show i'm gonna go to contacts contact these suppliers step by step and then we started getting um, I told them that I had a sample I want to make our first batch I want to try to sell it and then so he I guess he like financed me he like we 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 had our first um, batch at first it was just me um, to when we started so all the inventory was shipped to my house mm. like my, literally my house to an empty kind of room that we had the website I built myself the photography, I had a friend help me out. Um, the marketing, the customer service, the order fulfillment, the talking to supply, supply chain management, logistics, everything was kind of me when we first started. Mm -hmm. And even down to like the receipts, they were handwritten and he had to like write in like how to write in Chinese. I yeah. had to like write everything in Chinese. Good thing yeah. you guys know Chinese. You I had to learn and very write. quickly. Wow, no, that's no, great. I, yeah, I had to learn quickly. That's good. On the job. And then, um, so we shipped everything out of my house. I got an order and then I would fulfill it out of my own home. And then I would have a cart where I would pile up all the boxes and just wheel them over to our local post office. Uh -huh. And then that was me from when we first started. And then I hired kind of like an intern or part-time to help me with the fulfillment while I focused on like BD, business development, and as well as like um, PR or marketing. So she also worked at my house. And so I'm very thankful for her as well. And then and then things just kind of started rolling and we got a um, one of the department stores here in Taiwan asked us to do a pop-up. Uh -huh. And then, so there was a lot more numbers that I had to deal with and numbers is not my strength. So I started, <laughs> I asked my husband to look at more things for me and to kind of like figure out, you know, our costs and everything and how to manage the inventory. And he just got more and more involved. And so I guess he saw the potential as well because mm. we were, 
we had a we had a good start i think we were very lucky with the timing when we started it so then eventually he quit his full-time job and jumped in oh he with had a me. job then he had a full-time job oh, was in finance. Oh, oh he was just kind of like helping me wow. outside looking at you know whatever i needed him quotes and whatever i needed him to look at and then things got more and more busy and he saw the potential and then he jumped in and um, quit his job and we've been doing it together ever since we had our first pop-up and it was around that time that we figured we found out that i was pregnant which wasn't really in our plan we right. didn't expect to have we were married but we didn't expect to have a kid that early right especially with the startup mm. um but she decided to come that early so <laughs> so yeah that all happened at the same time so how long has it been now since via sweat really officially started <clears throat> we started in 20 15 was the launch of our first collection. Okay. So we're coming up to mm. five and a half, six years. Wow. Melody's story just gives me such a rush. Just that she's so bubbly and positive that I want to be like her. It sounds also smooth going between her and her husband. But was it really? Let's find out next week on In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw. Our 60-minute English program can be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6185 kHz. In South Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. You can also email us at rti at rti.org.tw.